Hare Krishna, so we are starting the first chapter of Life Comes From Life by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. This is Shravanam Diaries Podcast and I'm your host, Lalita Devidasi. So, this is Morning Walk, April 18th, 1973, recorded on April 18th in Cheviot Hills Park, Los Angeles. Srila Prabhupada is accompanied by Dr. Thodam Damodara Singh, Karandhara Dasa Adhikari, Brahmananda Swami, and other students. By the way, if you look at the art of uh, the episodes, it's the picture is actually right there. You can see um, uh, Dr. Thodam Damodara Singh and the rest of the devotees there. It's like from those morning walks <laughs> so I don't know these things my husband knows so <laughs> I'm very happy for that <laughs> all right so life on other planets Srila Prabhupada even on the Sun and moon there are living entities what is the opinion of scientists dr. Singh they say there is no life there Srila Prabhupada that is nonsense there is life there Dr. Singh, they say that there is no life on the moon because they did not find any there. Srila Prabhupada, why do they believe that? The moon planet is covered with dust, but within that dust the living entities can live. Every atmosphere is suitable for life, any atmosphere. Therefore, the Vedas describe the living entities as Sarva Gataha which means existing in all circumstances. The living entity is not material. Although encaged in a material body, he is not material. But when we speak of different atmospheres, we refer to different material conditions. Karandara They say that the moon's atmosphere is unsuitable for life, but all they can legitimately say is that it is unsuitable for life as they know it. Srila Prabhupada The Vedas say that the living entity has no connection with material things. He cannot be burned, cut, dried up or moistened. That is discussed in the Gita. Dr. Singh Scientists extend their knowledge about life on this planet thinking that it must apply to life on other planets also. Srila Prabhupada, yes, they are thinking foremost of their own selves. They are thinking limitedly, in terms of their own circumstances. This is what we call Dr. Frog's philosophy. Laughter. Once there was a frog in a well, and when a friend informed him of the existence of the Atlantic Ocean, he asked the friend, Oh, what is this Atlantic Ocean? It's a vast body of water, his friend replied. How vast? Is it twice the size of this well? Oh, no, much, much larger, his friend replied. How much larger? Ten times the size? In this way, the frog went on calculating but what is the possibility or even 
understanding the vastness of the great ocean in this way. Our facilities, our experience and our powers of speculation are always limited. The speculations of the scientists only give rise to such frog philosophy. Karandara, the basis of what they call scientific integrity is that they talk only about what they can directly experience. Shla Prabhupada, you may talk about your experience and I may talk about my experience, but why should I accept your experience? You may be a fool, so why should I become a fool? You may be a frog, but suppose I'm a whale. Why should I take your well as all in all? You have your method of acquiring scientific knowledge, and I have mine. Dr. Singh, because the scientists haven't detected any water on the surface of the moon, they've concluded that no life can survive there. Shlaprapat, they haven't seen the whole surface of the moon. Suppose someone were to come here from another planet, drop into the Arabian desert, and then return home. Could he come to a complete conclusion about the nature of the whole earth? His knowledge would not be complete. Karandara. They have a device that senses water. They say that they've had it orbit the moon and they've concluded that the moon has no water and therefore no life. Even if, as on the sun, there is apparently no water, still there are living entities there. How does a cactus grow in the desert, apparently without water? Karandara, it gets water from the atmosphere. Yes, because the atmosphere contains all the elements needed to sustain life. Earth, water, fire, air and ether. In anything, material, all these elements are present. For example, in my body there is water, although you cannot see it. Similarly, you don't see fire in my body, yet my body is warm. Where does this warmth come from? You don't see any fire. Do you see any fire burning in my body? Then where does the warmth come from? What is the answer? Next uh -huh. section is called The Universe in the Atom. Srila Prabhupada All matter is a combination of five gross elements earth, water, fire, air, and ether, and three subtle elements mind, intelligence, and false ego. Karandara According to the Vedic science, material energy begins with false ego and then develops into the intelligence, then the mind, and then the gross elements, ether, air, fire, and so on. So the same basic ingredients are present in all matter, is this right? Prabhupada, yes. The creation of this material universe is like the growth of a great banyan tree from a tiny seed. No one can see the tree within the seed, but all the necessary ingredients for the tree are there, including the required intelligence. Actually, 
everyone's body is simply a sample universe. Your body and my body are different universes, small universes. Therefore, all eight material elements are present within our bodies, just as they are within the whole universe. Similarly, an insect's body is another universe. How about the atom? The same formula applies. All these constituents are within the atom. Anoraniyan Mahato Mahiyan Kathaupanishad 1.2.20 This means that whether something is extremely large or infinitesimal, it is still made of the same basic elements. This is true everywhere in the material world. Just as a woman's small watch has all the requisite machinery for its smooth functioning, so an ant has all the necessary brain substance to manage its affairs nicely. How is this possible? To answer this properly, you must minutely examine the brain tissues in the ant. But this you cannot do. Moreover, there are innumerable insects smaller than the ant. So there must be a mechanical arrangement for all this detailed activity. But scientists cannot discover it. Next section, Relativity and Knowledge. Shilaprabhat. All living entities possess the required intelligence to execute four principles. Eating, sleeping, sexual intercourse, and defense. These four principles exist even in the atom. The only difference in the human being is that he has the extra intelligence with which to understand God. This is the difference. Eating, sleeping, sex life and defense are to be found everywhere. You have seen trees growing. Wherever there is a knot, the bark does not go this way, it goes that way. Srila Prabhupada gestures to show that a tree bark grows not over the knot, but around it. The tree has intelligence. If I go this way, I will be blocked, so I will go that way. But where are its eyes? How can it see? It has intelligence. That intelligence may not be as good as yours, but it is intelligence. Similarly, a child also has intelligence, though not as developed as his father's. In due course of time, when the child gets a body like that of his father, the child's intelligence will be fully developed and exhibited. Dr. Singh Then intelligence is relative. Yes, everything is relative. You have your body, your duration of life, and your intelligence, and the ant has his. Both we and the ant live for 100 years, but the length of our 100-year lifespan is relative to our bodies. Even Brahma, the longest living, li living, longest living entity in this universe, lives for 100 years. 
To us, the ant's lifespan may seem only a few days. In the same way, on other planets with atmospheres different from the Earth's, there are life forms suited to those conditions. But the scientists try to view everything according to the relative conditions of planet Earth. This is nonsense. Why are they doing that? If the whole cosmic manifestation follows the law of relativity, how can the scientists say that the conditions of this planet must apply to life on other planets? The Vedas instruct us that knowledge must always be considered in terms of desha, kala, patra. Desha means circumstances, kala means time, and patra means the object. We must understand everything by taking these three elements into consideration. For example, a fish is living very comfortably in the water, and we are shivering on the shore of the sea. This is because my desha kala patra and the fish's desha kala patra are different. But if we conclude that the seagulls will also shiver in the water, this is nonsense. Their desha kala patra is different again. There are 8,400,000 species, different species of life in the material cosmic manifestation. And each species must adjust to circumstances differently. Even on this planet, you cannot live comfortably, go and live comfortably in Alaska, although it is America. Similarly, the living entities enjoying life in Alaska do not come here. Karandar. Relativity, then, is based upon our individual situation. Yes, therefore, it is said, what is food for one is poison for another. Brahmananda Swami. Because scientists cannot survive on the moon, they think no one else can. The eight point six billion year day. Dr. Singh, the problem with the world is that practically everyone is thinking only in terms of his own circumstances, and that is nonsense. Student, someone who has never gone out of his village thinks that his village is the whole world. Shilaprabhat, yes. The frog is always thinking in terms relative to his will. He has no power to think otherwise. The ocean is great, but he's thinking of the ocean's greatness in terms relative to his own greatness. Similarly, God is great, but we are thinking of God in terms of relative greatness. Greatness relative to our own. There are certain insects that are born at night and they grow, bear offspring and die, all before daybreak. They never see the morning. So if they conclude that there is no morning, that is nonsense. In the same way, as soon as we hear from the Shastras, revealed scriptures, that Brahma's duration of life is equivalent to millions of years, 
we do not believe it. We say, how can it be? But Bhagavad Gita 8.17 says, Sahasra Yuga Pariyantam Ahar Yad Brahmano Viduh 4,300,000,000 earth years equal Brahma's 12 hours. Even a leading Indian politician who was known as a great scholar of the Gita could not accept this information. He said it is mental speculation. Such a rascal. Yet he is passing as an important scholar. This is the problem. Rascals and fools are passing as scholars, scientists and philosophers, and therefore the whole world is being misguided. Haribo, wow. Krishna, Krishna. Okay, I just... I am speechless, so... Yes, we shall continue tomorrow with the second chapter of the morning walk next day. So thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description and we shall see you next time. Hare Krishna.